I don't, uh, only one other time I can remember, and it was last year and I didn't get through it, and I've shared different parts of this, but I felt like in one setting, uh, as much as I can get through it, the Lord asked me to share uh, some prophetic words He's given me over the years uh, concerning what He's doing in the earth and kind of put a compilation of them together because uh, it's called Outpouring Conference and it's not called Outpouring Conference because I, I need something to give people hope for. Uh, I believe that this is the greatest time to be alive. I don't just say things just to say things. I believe that this is, we are in a moment and we're not denying what's taking place in the earth. We're just denying its ability to defeat the purposes of God. Yes. Don't deny what's taking place in the world. I don't deny that they're, they're not serious challenges in the very core of who we are as a society and a nation. But God never asks His people to get their understanding of what to do in the world from the world system. It's very important. It's very important. And part of growing as a disciple is discerning and learning to discern and learning to dismantle how you've been taught in this world system, and now how God wants you to see the world that you live in. So I want to start with this. Well, let, let me just start here. In, in, and I've shared this here before, but I, I just feel it bears repeating. In the spring of 2020, we were on this call when it started, and it, when, it initiate, when, when, when we started, we didn't re really realize we had this full assignment from the Lord as a ministry. We just, hey, we're, you know, we just feel like we're supposed to do this. Most of us are shut in our homes right now. So uh, we feel like we have this assignment right now. So we were praying six days a week, and God was showing up powerfully. I was amazed at how God would move through this phone line. And I asked the Lord about it. He said, well, there's no distance in the Spirit. It's like we were all in the same room. The, the Hebrew mind, obviously the, 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 the culture of Scripture, would understand things that sometimes we have difficult as Western people understanding, when they would say, who shall ascend, uh, ascend the hill of the Lord? They would understand it, that many times they would actually be walking up a mountain and then they would be walking in heaven. Because they didn't know this disconnect between the unseen and the seen. And pe people, people, people are like, people like, you know, it's just as real as what we see. No, it's actually more real and it's defining what you see. <laughs> How did the Apostle Paul put it? in his language, in his instruction, he goes, we look not to what is seen, but to the unseen. For what we see is what temporal, right, and subject to change. But what we do not see is eternal. Catch that. Really important. So we're praying this one afternoon, and I know that there's this, whoa, really big angel of the Lord, and, and I'm in my small home office, and he is... In between, he can do this, I guess, because he is an angel. He's like between the, the, the wall and the desk. And I had never discerned an angel like this. And he was not like there hanging out. He was there looking right through me. And, um, you know, like as these things go, you're like, whoa. And I'm like, you know, you're thinking, what is he doing? And the Lord speaks to me, he said, he's watching you to see, whoa, if you're going to respond correctly, 
and if the body of Christ is going to respond correctly in this season. And then I saw him leave, and it was like in the inward heart, in the inside of my mind, I saw him move through the United States like to inspect what was happening in the nation, to inspect believers. And I believe that's very biblical because it goes back to what I said something a moment ago. Some, sometimes, many, many, many times, if the enemy cannot get you to stay stupid, that's um, my nice way of saying thinking incorrectly, then he will get you to focus on the wrong thing. And I'm all for things that you feel like God's called you to do in certain things. But often, much of what we see in the body of Christ right now is focusing on symptoms that don't actually bring practical change. And so, I believe we're living in this very strategic moment. And I say that because I take your time seriously. I take why you came here seriously. And um, I believe, and then August the 12th, 2021, the Lord said to me, again, I'm just going through a compilation of words here, never actually done a full sitting like this. He said to me, just really simply, and I, and I find some of the most simplest things he says are actually the most profound or short. He said, we're living in a defining moment. And I didn't even know it was a dictionary definition. And just, just so you know, God will often throw things out there in a sense, I say. He'll throw you maybe a, a little speck of sand to you and see if you're interested in knowing more. Because he's not, he's not an intellectual. It's not like he's going to give you four steps to what a defining moment is. You, you know, I'm a, I, I enjoy teaching. I love things breaking down to a practical level. And I'll often ask God for it when I'm instructing people, but that's not usually how he talks to me. He'll give me ways to teach it to people. But anyway, so I remember years ago, just a, a, a profound, I was actually telling him last night, a profound uh, moment in my life that even shaped how I view the Bible and things like that. He just said two simple words, kingdom of God. And that's all he said to me, because I kept asking him, what sustains a move of God in the earth? And he didn't actually tell me that's what sustained it. He just threw it out there and said, you want to know more? That's basically what he just did. And it's not because he's withholding anything from people. It's just that revelation that he reveals to you, makes you responsible for truth. And God has this aspect of him that he's holy, and holy is that he's just. God is way more just than most of us. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> Say it that way. So if Pastor Dave told me, I hate red shirts. I hate red shirts, and it's his birthday, and I give him red shirt. That would be unjust. So if you say, I don't ever want to go on a mission trip, I don't ever want to go on a mission trip, but he has a mission trip for you, he probably won't send you on a mission trip because that would be unjust. Yeah. 
Because if he tells you or reveals something to you that you will not be a good steward of, he'll have to judge you for what something that you never did something with. Now, that's why a lot of people want to say ignorant. Because then it doesn't make them responsible for truth. So in his justice, in his holiness simply means he's whole. He's three distinct persons and perfectly whole with each other. It's part of what he wants to do inside of you. So when sometimes like people are like, oh, it's my flesh, it's actually not your flesh. It's actually a part of the distortion of your thinking that he's trying to deliver you from. You're not in fighting with your flesh. He's actually trying to make your flesh one with your spirit. Because David says, my heart and my flesh cry out to you. But if you think you're in this argument with yourself, you can have lots of trouble. Because then you can blame that part of you that you don't think is part of you. <laughs> your, your flesh can be just as holy as your spirit. <laughs> it's right, though. I don't know how I got on that, but it's absolutely true. I'll give you an example. Sometimes when, uh, like maybe like a day, I won't have time tomorrow, but often if I do a morning service, afternoon service, I'll jump on the treadmill for 40 minutes when I don't feel like it. I'll feel tired. I'll feel down. Get off that treadmill like, I can hear the voice of the Lord. I'm a superman. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I, all those parts are meant to operate together to connect with heaven. Now, I can't take my body with me, but it is extremely valuable to me. So if you self-hate your body, that's why people dismiss their feelings often. You're not led by your feelings, but he says when your senses are fully trained, you can discern both good and evil. So if you're hating part of yourself, God, who gave you, I don't know how we got on, but this is right. Who gave you your emotions? God gave you your emotions. So some people are like, you're feeling like a pain in your emotions. And people are like, I'm victorious, brother. No, God is trying to tell you there's a pain there and there's a trauma that he's trying to heal on the inside of you. Now, this is why holiness is so important. Because your body and your heart, your spirit, the inside your heart, right here. You don't, people say it's here and here. No, you think actually from right here. That's a Western mind right there. Your mind is actually right here on the inside of you. That's why, I don't know how we got on this, but here we go. The spirit of man is the candle of alert, searching all the inward parts. So the reason purity and living right is so important because you are not intended to have diets from two different places. So if you're feeding yourself with the wrong things, then you, then you, will, be mis, you will be misunderstanding the signals. But when you're walking in a pure way, your feelings actually will tell you that something wrong is going on. You're not led by your feelings, but they become indicators of areas of adjustment you need to make. How we got on that, but here we go. This is right. This is right. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, I'll just leave that alone. Defining moment. We're in a defining moment. And defining moment is this, the point at which the essential nature or character of a person or group is revealed or identified. And I believe that we're in this moment where the identifying characteristic of believers is coming to the forefront. And then there, there, I, I'm going to admit to you, I don't have the full interpretation of that. I encourage you to dialogue with the Lord of what that means. But I do believe 
Numbers 13 gives us some understanding. And it's this, that God tells the nation of Israel, it's time to go right now. This is really important. It's time to go in the promised land. And the reason that this is really important is here's something that I've learned about the nature of God and how He relates towards people. God never, ever throws people away. He never, ever discards them. I've never talked to God about anything in my worst moment where He goes, just give up. He says, like, it's just too bad, you're done. It's never like that. But there are, what he spoke about this morning, there are times and seasons where if you are not positioned correctly, you will miss the opportunity to receive what he wants to do in that moment. Paul instructs us in Ephesians 5, and he's writing to believers. In one translation, some translation says, don't live as fools, but redeem the time. So he's actually telling believers you can be living as fools. There's a possibility you could be living as a fool in the time that we're in. So what does God say? It's time to go in the promised land. And then what does he do? They go out and spy that land for 40 days. And he says it is, it is now time to go in. And we pick up this story in Numbers 13 verse 26. Are you still with me? Now they depart and came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation, the children. Well, let me start in verse 25. It gives us. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. That's really important because I want to suggest to you that God knew what they were going to see. God knew exactly what they were going to see. God knows exactly what's going to confront us or that we will see that will be challenging to believe the purposes of God could take place. It is an American concept to think that God will not ask you to do difficult things. <laughs> and don't believe also, like, well, what, what, what's it going to require of me, the things that God asks you? It's actually going to require full commitment. And personally for me, as a, as a minister of the gospel, uh, it is very important to encourage Americans to discern that American culture is obsessed with doing nothing. <laughs> what do most people do? They, 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 they live to relax. And, and I'm not saying that's not important, but there's this aspect where people... So what I'm saying to you is many of the things that actually change the world and people who actually bring practical change to the world... It is focused. It is something that they don't have a balanced life. I don't. The scripture doesn't teach about a balanced life. I, everyone, you have this. No, I'm, I, I, this is very important. You have twenty-four hours called your currency. So if you decide, or if God calls you to run a marathon, you're going to have to train for that marathon. So you'll have to stop doing something else in that 24-hour period to prepare yourself to successfully run that marathon. So most things that God asks you to do, it will require of you an exchange, usually of time, sometimes early in the morning, sometimes late at night. So often it's really important to, to, to discern these things because uh, many times people are not 
correctly discerning what they're asking for. We want God to crash in. It's going to harvest the souls. Well, it might require you to change jobs. Because you work night shifts, and now you're having nightly meetings at your church, and it's filled, and they need you to volunteer. Your kid might not be able to do Little League that year because God has now taken over everything that's taken place. I'm just saying these things are need to be very realistically told. So discern these things, and I'm not saying don't rest, I'm not saying any of these things, but most people don't need to don't rest talk, they need to please do something with your life talk. <laughs> How we got on that, but... So God knew what they were going to see, and He knew the challenge that they would face. And... and, and Here's what's really interesting. Well, let's just read it. We'll go on. Now the departing came back to Moses and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness, Parnah and Kadesh, and they brought back word to them and all the congregation showed them fruit of the land. And they told them, we went to the land where you sent us and truly it flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Notice the reason they're saying that is because God had told them that's what's in the land. So they are reporting what God said was true. Yet they're going to report something else that overrides anything that God said. Even though he has taken them from the poorest people in the world to now the wealthiest people in the world in a moment of time. So because you see miraculous things in your life does not mean automatically that you're going to keep tracking with the Lord. It has to be intentional. It has to be remember what God did, and it has to be keep moving ahead. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and their cities are fortified, very large. Uh, moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak, and the Analites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, and Budlites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Now, I want you to notice something, and I thought it was very interesting he pointed this out. This is the majority of the spies. I, I, I'm not, like, interested, like, oh, look at me. I'm a remnant person. God is using me, remnant, you know, remnant. That's really weird religious, too, right? Like, I'm part of the remnant, brother, you know. <laughs> but, it, but you got to, you know, because it's like this, this prideful thing, like, I, they're not like us. Well, thank God they're not like you. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, usually pioneers are not telling you that they're pioneers. They're just doing the work of the Lord, you know. But it's important because most people who fulfill God's purposes for their life, many of their decisions are made not coming in alignment with the norms of the day and not coming in alignment with the norms of their family. Now here's the part. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and says, let us go up at once and take possession for we're well, we're well able to overcome it. Notice that his focus is not on the obstacle, but on what God said. He does not deny the challenge that's in front of him. 
He simply repeats what God says. That is actually my form of warfare. I'm not really interested so much in the enemy because the, 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 the God never told me the enemy is my problem. He said, fight the good fight of faith. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go against the people for they are stronger. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which he had spied out. The land through which we have gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in their own sight. So we were in their sight. Also notice what they're saying there. They're, they're, they're not lying. What they are saying is absolutely true. These are not people who watch CNN or MSNBC at all or even Fox News. These are not false narratives. What they're saying is absolutely the truth. They are, they are giving an accurate estimation of the people in that land. Their problem was not the giants. Their problem was an ability to align with the word of the Lord in the season that they were in. So I want to just declare over you, what has God spoken to you? What has God told you about that is relative to your life in this season? Maybe you don't see any evidence that it's changing or shifting. But hold on to the promise of the Lord in this season. Stay the path that God has called you on. Though the warfare be strong, God will fulfill His word for you. Now, I believe it's Deuteronomy 1 tells us something really interesting. Now you'll see and this is another key prophetic moment, I believe, for this season. It's this, that, uh, that same summer of the, the, the COVID year, really, 2000, would have been 2020, the Lord spoke to me really strongly um, one morning. He said, I want you to be very careful who has your voice. Because their voices released the wrong impartation to a whole nation. Our voice is supposed to release the right impartation to a nation. 